Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, lots of news as always to go over today. But I want to start with, obviously, the biggest news on the national stage uh, as far as 2024 goes Because I think the Republican Party has a lot going forward in terms of the quality of the candidates that are going forward. And so, you know, Donald Trump has already announced that he is going to be running. Nikki Haley today has dropped her campaign video, her official kickoff video. She has an event in South Carolina tomorrow where she officially kicks off her campaign um, I have friends who will actually be at that event. I, I'm eager to hear from them uh, what they think. Now, Higgy, uh, Nikki Haley is, as I've mentioned before, just a very fascinating case study in uh, American exceptionalism and, and the American dream. Uh, the daughter of immigrants came to America, uh, worked her way through school, became a CPA, uh, eventually began working for the state government got into the legislature, worked for the governor, uh, then became governor herself, fought to uh, bring a lot of transparency measures into the legislature and through the legislature as governor, a lot of transparency measures that the good old boys of South Carolina did not want, but she brought them through anyway. Uh, The church shooting in South Carolina was a big defining moment for her. She, as a woman of color who was also a Republican, Uh, got together with both sides of the political aisle, uh, convinced them that the Confederate flag needed to come off the uh, Capitol building in South Carolina, and uh, from there went on to uh, be a critic of Donald Trump, but stood her ground on that. Donald Trump actually was noted as saying he respected her for that behind the scenes, hired her on to become the ambassador to the United Nations, a role that she served there uh, before she left on her own terms. While she was there, she fought for American interests, called out the hypocrisy of the United Nations in terms of who they were giving seats to on the human rights uh, committee in the, at the UN, withdrew America from that committee because it was, frankly, nonsense that America kept getting attacked for uh, being a habitual violator of human rights when the very nations being let onto the Human Rights Committee at the UN were so egregious in how they violated human rights. But she has a fascinating story. And so she will be jumping in the race. It now looks like Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina is looking at jumping in the race. Another fascinating study uh, he is the grandson of a poor sharecropper in South Carolina. Uh, his family had had gone had had experienced a lot of the racism that existed in that time period, and even still does today. Uh, he has been somebody that really no one on either side of the aisle really has anything negative to say about him. Everybody generally likes Tim Scott. And he uh, he has been working hard on bipartisan police reform initiatives and other issues that are important to a lot of citizens uh, throughout the United States, especially with some of the major incidents that we've seen in recent years. So Tim Scott looks like he's about to jump in. Mike Pence 
now looks like he's very seriously considering. It's always been kind of talked about that maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. He's been very noncommittal about it in interviews. But now Mike Pence wants to jump in. Mike Pence brings something to the table that the other candidates don't. Mike Pompeo making his rounds, and, and he's you know currently trying to sell his book as he kind of organizes whether or not he's going to to run. But Mike Pence brings something to the table there. Uh, Ron DeSantis, still the the big question there. It looks like he's going to, but he won't be able to make that decision really officially until this legislative session is over in Florida, and he's making some big moves there as well. He's trying to show uh, an example of governance as a means of proving he can be a leader of the party. Nikki Haley is going to show that she has worked bipartisan, but she's also representative of just what any American can achieve under the right system. Tim Scott, the same way. They both have interesting life stories, interesting perspectives. Ron DeSantis brings in governance. Mike Pompeo brings in an insight into the deep state and the intelligence community, uh, things that we've seen so many issues with in uh, in news stories throughout the last several years. And, and his understanding of both the intelligence community and the deep state, as well as foreign issues, is something that definitely uh, should, you know, it should be a voice at the table. Mike Pence. Mike Pence, whether you like him or not because of his relationship with Trump, Mike Pence has a has a relationship with and an understanding of the evangelical community. It's one of the reasons that Donald Trump picked Mike Pence to be his vice president. Mike Pence had a deep connection to the evangelical community, and those voters have really embraced Mike Pence, and they embraced Donald Trump because of it. Pence brings that to the table in a way that these other candidates don't. Donald Trump comes in as the guy who is still fighting previous battles, but he is the last Republican to hold the presidency. He he has won that election, so that is something that he brings to the table as well. But you have all of these Republican candidates and more that are still rumored to be out there. But the, the ones I've named are the ones that you should really pay attention to. Now, by no means do I actually think that Nikki Haley or Tim Scott is, is making it into the top five. I could be wrong. There, there could be something else that happens there. But by no means do I imagine that they're the, they're, they, they have the campaign, they have the organization that will go all the way in terms of the primary. I think it's much more likely that Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis does that. But their voices are voices that need to be heard. Could Mike Pompeo go all the way? Could he go uh, blow for blow with Trump on the debate stage? Could his campaign be long-lasting? Could Mike Pence's? I'm not sure. But these are voices, these are perspectives in the GOP that I really do think need to be heard in a way that we haven't heard them before. In 2016, uh, we had a cluster, and I can't finish that phrase. We had a cluster of candidates, lots of different perspectives, but all wanting the same thing, all wanted to be the next top bureaucrat in charge, except for Donald Trump. Donald Trump went in there because he wanted to fight. And he did, and his voters appreciated that. A lot of the other candidates in 2016 were politicians who wanted to continue to be politicians and they wanted to uh, basically be the top bureaucrat in charge of government. 
And a lot of the Republicans and a lot of the Democrats, everybody on both sides of the aisle, those who have been politicians for a while, especially when they've been based in Washington, D.C., they are of the opinion that the Washington uh, that 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 the United States is on the decline and they want to manage the best manager of the decline to bring the United States down to some sort of soft landing and try to build it back up again in their image. Donald Trump didn't see that. Donald Trump wanted to get in there. He wanted to have the power. He wanted to use that power. He had a lot of people who were loyal to him, and he kept promises to a lot of those voters. But what's different between 2016 and 2024 is going to be the quality of candidate that's running in this primary. And I think it's so very important that we hear these conversations. Donald Trump and his people are already out blasting Nikki Haley, calling her a career politician who's got nothing done. Complete and total nonsense, but they're going to do that's how the Trump operate. Nikki Haley, is she going to respond? Probably not. She, like Ron DeSantis, knows better than to engage in that mudslinging. But here's the thing. Here's the thing for the Republican Party. The Republican Party at the presidential level has a bench. So what you're for Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, whoever, God forbid any of you say that you're a fan of Larry Hogan. We, we may not be friends if that's the case. But no matter who... You have a bench. You have options there. And if, say, Donald Trump falters, if Ron DeSantis falters, if one of those candidates falters, there are good alternatives in there. Compare that to the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party right now has Joe Biden, and he's been kind of noncommittal on whether or not he's going to run again. He says he's going to run again, but he hasn't officially declared it. You know, uh, Donald Trump did so immediately. After the after his midterms, um, Biden has remained noncommittal on an official reelection bid. And if he doesn't, who is there? Kamala, Kamala Harris disappears for three weeks at a time, then comes out and cackles madly about school buses and Venn diagrams and then disappears again. Pete Buttigieg, there was a major train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, on February 3rd. No media coverage. Between then and yesterday, Pete Buttigieg was spotted in Lake Charles for an event, never said a word about it there, and only yesterday, 10 days after the train derailment, said anything about it. And he's the Secretary of Transportation for the United States. There are a lot of stories out there now. Uh, One of the headlines, I think it was New York Times maybe, uh, Pete Buttigieg, his dream job is now a nightmare, something like that. They're, they're, they're acknowledging Pete Buttigieg hasn't really done anything. The mayor of South Bend, Indiana, becoming the secretary of transportation really just seems like a participation trophy for his campaigning against Don, uh, Joe Biden in 2020. Who else is there? Gavin Newsom? Gavin Newsom may run if Joe Biden doesn't, but Gavin Newsom's appeal is to far-left progressives. And he terrifies, his policy terrifies people who are middle-of-the-road Americans. Gavin Newsom isn't really the guy. He's not the guy to hold the party together. As depressing as it might be for Democrats to hear, Joe Biden is the one guy capable of holding the Democratic Party together right now. He's done just enough to keep most of the progressives happy, but he's also been reserved enough to keep the moderate Democrats on board with him. 
the Democrats don't have really much of a presidential bench. If Joe Biden doesn't run, it's going to be absolute chaos. If Joe Biden does run, with the exception of Donald Trump, you have a lot of guys who are younger, who are more mentally sound and and more capable of stringing together a couple of sentences than Joe Biden is. It's not going to be a good look for Biden to be in a debate with some of these younger guys. So there is a lot of hope for the GOP, but they have to get there. They have to make it through there. They have to make it to 2024. And we've said it once, we've said it a billion times. Republicans know how to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Are they going to do that here? Hard to say. Let's go ahead and take this break. Your calls, your thoughts on the KPL app chat. If you want to call 232-1542, would love to hear from you. What do you think about the GOP primary in 2024? Lots of that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, Chris from New Iberia checks in on the KPL app. Uh, Donald Trump could get reelected, but I feel the White House would go back to the Democrat following the reelection. Uh, I feel we could get the next 16 years if someone else gets elected. And I don't disagree with that. Um, That's why if I had to say right now who I would want on a Republican ticket, it would probably be DeSantis and Tim Scott or DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Uh Because, one, DeSantis versus Joe Biden, I think, would be an incredible debate. But also consider Kamala Harris having to go up against somebody like Tim Scott or Nikki Haley. Okay, what Kamala Harris, uh, her focus has always been that she is a woman of color, uh, but she was a prosecutor in in California. Uh, She arrested mothers of truant kids. She routinely her office routinely uh withheld evidence that would help exonerate black men in prison i mean what and then you know take you know compare that with say tim scott tim scott the grandson of a sharecropper uh somebody who was able to eventually become a landowner in south carolina but under but you know a family that underwent the horrors of racism in south carolina his experience is vastly different than Kamala Harris's. And he can appeal to voters of color in a way that she absolutely can't because she has uh she she hasn't really represented them. And he has. And I think it's important really to to note that. And I think she would do a phenomenal job that way. So I I just really think that, you know, you no matter your thoughts on Donald Trump. Do you want do you want this bull in the china shop approach as somebody described it to me a little while ago when it comes to 2024? Do you want the bull in the china shop approach that Donald Trump would represent or do you want somebody with nuance with some political chops to be able to take the fight to Joe Biden in a way he can't handle to take the fight to the Democrats in a way they haven't been able to handle in a state like Ron DeSantis fighting these battles on a state that was really considered uh, a purple state up until recently, and he has been dominant there with not just Republicans, but also winning over Democratic voters. 
and then you get somebody like Nikki Haley or Tim Scott involved, that's a very solid, very strong ticket. We'll talk about that and more. Lots of news to cover here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Let's take our bottom of the hour news break and return right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. So new inflation numbers came out today. It's not looking so great. I was going to say it doesn't look so hot, but actually the fact that inflation is still running hot is kind of the point here. Uh, Inflation rose uh, half a percent in January and is still up 6.4% from a year ago. Now, depending on which media outlet you ask, it was a good thing or it was a bad thing. Uh, So Bloomberg, for example, Bloomberg Business, breaking U.S. inflation accelerated in January in line with analyst estimates with the overall consumer price index climbing 0.5%. But if you ask NPR, inflation cooled in January for the seventh month in a row. Uh, Let's see. Uh, CNBC. Inflation rose 0.5% in January and increased 6.4% from a year ago. Or if you ask NBC News, inflation slowed to just 6.4% in January, a signal that the Federal Reserve's interest rate hikes are working. How about Forbes? Inflation spiked 6.4% in January, worse than economists expected as rent, food, gas prices kept rising. CNN breaking news. Inflation is easing on an annual basis, but prices ticked up in January, according to new consumer price index data. We don't have a consistent way to look at the inflation numbers because the Biden administration decided a little while back that looking at the year-over-year numbers wasn't the great idea. We need to look at the month-to-month numbers. And then the year-to-year numbers started looking better, so they went back to that and started ignoring the month-to-month numbers, although the month-to-month numbers started looking worse. Here's the bottom line. You are paying, on average, 6.4% higher prices on goods than you were a year ago. And the Biden administration says, well, clearly our plan is working. You want to know what you're paying more for? For fuel oil, prices are up 27.7% over last year. Gas utilities, 26.7%. Transportation, 14.6%. Electricity, 11.9%. Food at home, 11.3%. Food away from home, 8.2%. Shelter, 7.9%. Overall consumer price index up 6.4% over last year. New cars up 5.8%. Gasoline up 1.5%. The only thing that's better off this year than it was last year are used cars, which makes me angry because I bought a used car last year. Those prices are down 11.6%. You're paying higher prices now than you were a year ago. And despite all that, the Biden administration says, well, everything's working. But that's the problem is they want to they want to change the measurement that you use to make it look like things are going great. When really. Not everything is all peachy. And the Biden administration still really has no solution here. The solution is the Fed keeps raising interest rates. That's ultimately going to be what happens here. The Fed is going to keep raising interest rates because their goal is to get inflation back down to 2%. And it's still at 
And most economists and most major corporations are still thinking, yeah, there's probably a recession coming. All right, let's go to the phone lines real quick. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who am I talking to? Yes, this is Larry. Hey, Larry, how are you? I'm okay. I want to uh, talk about the uh, GOP uh, candidates. Yeah. If I could, okay. Uh, I think what we have basically is a, a set of wannabes, and the wannabes are uh, Tim, and uh, Tim's, Tim's a nice guy. He's a nice wannabe guy. And Nikki Haley is uh, one upset that Apple cart. She wants to jump in before her time. She's another wannabe. Kance has uh, what you were saying earlier about evangelical support. Trump has that, plus Trump has the black. Trump has Hispanic. Trump has every demographic that you can think of. And the one thing that he has that none of the other persons have is an actual track record. He's the guy that can get it done. So that's pretty much where it's at. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. Well, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. All right. 232 1542, sure. if you want to join in the conversation as well. Mark from New Iberia checks in uh, on the KPL app. And again, if you have the KPL app, well, if you don't, you should download it. If you do have it, have it there is actually a little chat button up in the top corner. Just select general message and you can uh, send a message to the show. Uh, Mark in New Iberia says, I voted for Trump in 16 and again in 20. I know this country prospered during his administration, but that but was that modicum of prosperity worth the social division his belligerent attitude wrought? That's a good point. And again, I kind of go back to that bull in the China shop thing. The, the thing about Trump is that he attacks everything that moves. He's out there already attacking Nikki Haley. He's been attacking Ron DeSantis. He's attacking his own side. And he's not really saying all that much about the Democrats right now. He's saying a little bit, but he's not out there really fighting. His campaign really hasn't done much. They haven't really taken off. Donald Trump is busy tearing down his own side. That's how he got through the primary in 2016. He tore down his own side. He was the last man standing. And because the Democrats picked Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump was able to win. And yes, Donald Trump's administration did some good things. Mark is absolutely right there. There was some prosperity. There were things that got better under Donald Trump. Donald Trump will have a record of being one of the most pro-life administrations we've got. We'll get credit for fundamentally reshaping the judiciary, especially the Supreme Court. And you can't take that away from his legacy. By no means am I saying you should. But Mark's point, is that belligerent attitude and the division that it stoked, is that something that America can go through again under his presidency? It's an interesting question. All right, let's go back to the phone lines, 232-1542. You can call in as well. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Hey, Joe. Hey, Warren, how's it going? All right, I agree with the last caller. I pretty much agree with with what the last caller was saying. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to bring up the Latin mass, the old school mass, how the FBI was going to label those people uh, like MAGA, MAGA people, terrorists. It doesn't matter what they do, all the things you talk about, Joe, it's all designed to destroy. You know, whether it's the COVID attacking the first generation or the fentanyl going after the second and the third. It all works out to destroy, keeping people from getting health care, cancer screenings, 
medication. It's all designed to destroy you. I just want to get that in. All right, that, Warren, thank you very much for the call. On that note, we're going to go ahead and take this break. When we come back, a subject I've talked about before, but I want to talk about again. The kids are not all right, and there's more information out there about that. That and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 if you want to call in or if you want to send a message through the KPEL app. Let's jump right back to the phone lines. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who am I talking to? If you got me, this is Coach. Hey, Coach. How are you? I'm good. I'm a transplant from Mississippi. I really love Lafayette. I love your show. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. Um, I, I've noticed uh, a lot of the major, I hope you can hear me. I'm in and out of my vehicle. I've got earbuds in. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of the major players um, on the radio stations, uh-huh. not you, of course, but they, they, they cooled off towards Trump and they're finding finding things they can say negatively about Trump and who they should go with instead of him. And Trump always had a phrase that kind of, to me, I'm putting in my two bits for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. It it was significant to me. He would ask, are you tired of winning yet? Yeah. And, and, And funny as it seems, these guys are, um, getting, Tired of winning, I guess. They forget what he did before the pandemic came. The pandemic, uh, the pandemics down through history mm-hmm. have laid low any kind of government. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's not Jesus. So I can tell so, you just, uh, that, just knowing some, not knowing them personally, but knowing a lot of the players behind the scenes when it comes to the, the national talk scene, one of the reasons they're cooling off is that they're 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 looking at – their audience, they're looking at their ratings and they're looking at the poll numbers. And if they're noticing, if they're noticing the audience cooling off, then they're kind of cooling off a little as well. Sean Hannity is notorious for this. Sean Hannity was a big establishment Republican guy until the Tea Party rolled around. He noticed his audience was swinging toward the Tea Party. So he jumped on there. He noticed his audience was swinging toward Donald Trump and he jumped on with with Donald Trump very early. Um, and you can you can kind of tell the way things are going by looking at the way Sean Hannity. Now, Sean Hannity is very close with Trump, and he's not going to be one of the first ones to abandon it on there. But because you see audiences and you see the general voting populace kind of cooling off and kind of backing away from Trump, what you're seeing is a lot of those hosts, a lot of those personalities kind of feeling a little more comfortable with it. I'm you've listened to me enough. You know that I'm I'm not the biggest Trump guy. I've praised him when I thought he was right. I've I've criticized when I thought he was wrong. I, I have my personal issues. Right. But right. I but it, agree. And I and I'm not here to carry anybody's water. If I like somebody, I'll 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 be a fan, but I will criticize them when I think they screw up. And you don't when when people get to that bigger market, they tend to kind of alter what they do to make sure the audience sticks with them. There are, there are very few who do it. Rush Limbaugh was never one Rush was Rush and there was no getting around that. People followed Fush. <laughs> People followed Rush, not Amen. the other way around. Amen. And God, I miss I, Rush. I see. I see, I see Dan John, Dan Bongino. 
mm-hmm. being like that. Maybe not to the extent Rush Limbaugh was, you know, but certainly he's he's true to his word, his, you know, his guns. Dan is absolutely the same way. Moon here is is the same. Moon's always been his own guy. Dan has always been his own guy, and whether you agree with everything they say or not. You can tell that they are very genuine in what they say. And if you have conversations off the mic with either of those guys, you'll find that they're not saying anything different than what they're saying on the air. Well, the main thing is trust. And you yeah. being the way you are with media being untrustworthy, uh, I, I can, again, this may be my opinion, but I'm, try, I'm trying to look at the facts and mm-hmm. as I see them. You're trustworthy. Well, thank you. And so I'm going to tune in. Thank you. I appreciate that, Coach. You're quite welcome. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. We've got a couple more callers on the line, so let's jump back to it. Hi. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on? This is Mike. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, I just got off of work and uh, turned it to your station there, and I heard Warren talking, and I heard him say something about the Latin mass. And I was trying to find out what I missed uh, concerning that point he was making or made about that. uh, Well, I think he's kind of talking about uh, the fact that the Justice Department has been going after uh, pro-life activists who have been uh, praying outside of abortion clinics. And I I think he kind of looped some other things in with that. But we have seen that the the Justice Department has been hostile to uh, traditional Christian values like that. And I think he's kind of noting that. You know, we we can talk about the division. I, I think his point, if I understand Warren, and, and he's called in several times before, um, we can say you know how divisive Trump was and everything. And to Warren's point, the Democrats and the, this Democratic administration just as divisive and just as hostile to Republicans. And so, just you know, if we you know whether you like Trump or not, the division doesn't go away if Trump goes away. And I think that's his point. No. I, I think, uh, as far as uh, divisiveness, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like you said, other, the other side, if you want to call it that, is uh, they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. Mm-hmm. So why don't why don't we just just stand up and do what we have to do for the cause of good and, and righteousness? You know, yeah. with this with this whole thing with the, with the elections and the country as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's not, we, we can't have another Romney situation where we have somebody who's not, a, who, who's afraid to fight. Um, the Republicans need somebody who's willing to fight. And there are, a, you know, the, the folks who are looking at running are all in their own way a fighter, whether or not they are like the Trump level of fighter or whether or not the Republicans need a Trump level of fighter, I think is, is ultimately, uh, what the Republican Party has to decide. Mike, thank you very much for for the call. We got time for one more caller. Uh, let's jump over to them. Hi, all welcome right. to the Joe Cunningham Show. Call, are you there? Yes. Hey, who am I talking to? This is Thomas. Hey, Thomas, what you got? Okay, uh, what I wanted to talk about was uh, earlier a fellow mentioned and then you talked about uh, Trump being a bull in a china closet. Yeah. But nobody takes into consideration that the fact that Trump does not start all of that stuff. He has had tons and tons of vicious things 
heaped upon him, and he responds. Now, I don't consider that a bull in a china closet. I think that's just fighting back. Well, okay, so what, and, what I'm talking about is in terms of a Republican primary. When, when Trump got on the, on the scene in 2016, his fight— was with all the other Republicans, and he wasn't just—I mean, it, it wasn't that he was—it was being dished to him first. He was going after everybody. That's what I'm saying is he's going to—I mean, that's got to be his strategy going in again. And is that the type of politics that American voters are going to want? Well, I don't know, but the, I like what he did. Yeah. So I, I guess I can say—yes, <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, and, and, and I understand— and. And like I've said, there are things that, that his administration did that were very good. And, and Thomas, unfortunately, we're out of time, but thank you very much for the call. But, yeah, there are things that the Trump administration did that were great. But the personality of Trump is what has a lot of people behind the scenes worried. All right. Thank you guys very much for listening. I'm going to go ahead and take once again this 23 hour break. Talk to you again tomorrow. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook dot com slash Joe Cunningham show. Or you can reach out via email, joe at redstate.com. Love to hear from you guys. Thank you all for calling in and reaching out through the KPL app. Shannon is offsides next. I'll be back soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.